98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. A lot going on today. Let's get you caught up on here on the Burns and Gambo show. So let's dive right into the 4 o'clock reset. Starting with day one of the baseball postseason. All of these games are best of threes. Game one of a best of three in the morning, the Cleveland Guardians took game one of their series against Tampa, courtesy a two-run homer in the sixth by Jose Ramirez. Yeah, that was a great game, and it was just the home run. Siri hit the home run for Tampa. They were up one nothing. McClanahan pitched a good game. Bieber pitched a great game. Just 2-1. Ramirez hits that home run, and that was that was the only scoring with the two home runs. One a solo shot, the other a two-run shot. The Phillies' 6-3 win over the St. Louis Cardinals is the largest by a team in a nine-inning playoff game. Game when trailing by multiple runs at the end of the eighth. Yeah, it was Paul, an incredible comeback. Paul Goldschmidt 0 for 3 in that game. But Gene Segura, former Diamondback, with a big blow in that one. I think it was a two-run two single, single that gave him the lead. That gave them the lead. Zach Wheeler went six and a third, did not give up a run for the Phillies in that one. Yeah, 6-2, six, 6-3 six, win on the road for Philly. They're up one game to none. And going on right now still, they're in the bottom of the night, just barely. The Mariners are beating the Blue Jays 4 to nothing in this game. And the story of the game has been Luis Castillo. So Seven good. and a third, six hits, no runs, no walks, five strikeouts for how, the Mariners. How good of a pickup is that? I mean, he was so good for them. You know, four and two with a 3.170 ERA, but so good for them today. Came over in that trade with the Reds. They give him the start in game one, and he's about to get that win. And then coming up tonight, it is, this is at five o'clock. It's game one between the Padres and the Mets. Max Scherzer versus Hugh Darvish. China hold off DeGrom as long as they can, right? If they cannot pitch DeGrom in this series, they won't, but they didn't want to pitch him right away, so Scherzer gets the going game one. Injury news from the Phoenix Suns as they were back on the practice floor today. Of course, all eyes on Cam Johnson with the right thumb sprain, campaign with the right finger sprain. They will both be reevaluated in a week, which means their preseason is in essence done okay. for the Suns. That'll keep them out. Payne had a wrap on the finger, according to our Kellen Olsen while Cam Johnson had a brace on his thumb, probably because it was a thumb. That's why Johnson had a little bit more of an apparatus on his hand than Cam Payne Okay, did. so nothing nothing devastating here. We'll reevaluate in a week to see where those guys are at. Yep. Arizona State defensive backs and twin brothers Kawan and Keon Markham have entered their names into yep. the transfer portal, according to multiple reports today. ASU taking on Washington tomorrow. Daytime kickoff. The Gambo celebrates yeah. at 1 o'clock. You can hear it right here on 98.7. FM Arizona Sports Station. How great is that? The Markham brothers, they were just they were tied with Antonio Pierce, and when Pierce left, he brought him over, and then Herm left. They didn't really feel like they, they had any connections to ASU, so they both decided to transfer. ASU, this is the end of kind of the tough gauntlet, other than the UCLA game, which they have coming up yes. in another month or so. Lose against Washington. It's their first 1-5 start as a program since 1942. I feel bad for Sean Aguano. He's a quality guy. He's a good football coach. He's got put in a really tough situation. Situation. And whoever was going to take that interim job after they let go of Herm was going to be in a bad spot. U of A also in action, taking on 12th-ranked Oregon tomorrow in Tucson. And from what I understand, that game is sold out, and it's their first sellout in some time down there for the Wildcats. They're coming off of a, now Colorado's terrible, but they're coming off of an absolute drudging of Colorado. Yep, absolutely. Uh, speaking of a drudging,
drubbing. We all, as football fans, took one last night watching that stinker between the Broncos and the Colts. And Kyle Brandt today on Good Morning Football took a blowtorch to Russell Wilson after that performance last night. I think Russell Wilson is one of the least authentic personalities we have in this league. I think Russell Wilson is a poser. And that doesn't mean he's a bad person. I actually think he's a good person. I think he tries to be something that he's not. And when you make the $245 million, you either got to be a really great guy with the locker room who loves you, or you got to be an amazing player. Can you? I like Kyle Brandt a lot. Can you call someone a poser and then say he's a good guy in the same sentence? You're just trying to impress people, right? If you're a poser, you're just acting. You're, 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 not, you're, you're kind of fake. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're posing. You're 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 fake. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, that, it was really pointed criticism today. Well, that's by a Kyle good Brent. question by you. Can you be a good person if you're fake? Yeah. If some, can you call somebody a poser and in the same breath call him a good person? Well, I think everybody knew Russell Wilson wasn't the most well-liked guy in that locker room. In Seattle, certainly. In Seattle, right. Yeah. In Seattle, yeah. Meanwhile, the uh, Golden State Warriors, they are taking, quote, every legal course of action, close quote, to figure out how video of Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole was released to TMZ. <laughs> somebody with the Warriors is losing their job at some point real soon. I mean, they just got it. Yeah. I mean, just ask around, man. Anybody see anybody filming that with their phones? Well, yeah. It was, it, was it was Lowry in accounting. It was the practice court camera. So somebody took the oh. footage. It was like a fixed camera. Somebody took the footage from that and leaked it, and to, leaked TMZ. it to TMZ. And probably got paid, I would imagine, because that's what TMZ does. But... I'm like, hey, if I get fired, you got my back here? Yeah. I'll give it to you. But our top story of the day today on the Birds and Gambo the, Show. Uh, I hope nobody leaks the footage in here because we've got video footage here. <laughs> a video footage gets leaked to DMZ. What of you punching Bernsey in the face? Yeah, what of Gambo punching me in the face? We're gonna we're gonna leak what? it out. You know, you never know what happens in in here. This footage. I hope it doesn't. <laughs> I'd go right to Jeremy. I hope it doesn't get leaked. <laughs> I will say there were a yeah. couple of times in the past with a, a different show where I kind of wish there was some camera footage leaked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you come close to leaking it, Mitch? Oh no, we didn't have cameras back then. What a go! <laughs> Oh, you want to go? I haven't had a good you want to go laugh in a long time. That's good. Our top story, though, is the injury report for the Cardinals brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. Get boosted. COVID-19 booster doses are recommended for ages five and older. Find a location near you at azhealth.gov slash find vaccines. It's a mess. Max Garcia out. Rashard Lawrence, Matt Prater, Nick Vigil all out. The big one, well, there's a couple big ones. Number one, Rodney Hudson is listed as doubtful, but earlier today Cliff Kingsbury made it sound highly unlikely Rodney Hudson would play, yeah. which would mean what? Sean Harlow, Harlow at center? will start at center from what I'm hearing. Harlow will be the guy, so expect Sean Harlow uh, to, to center the game against the Eagles. And while talking about the offensive line, DJ Humphreys and Justin Pugh are both questionable for the game. I think Pugh may play from what I'm hearing. Now, I don't know for sure. Can't say he's definitely going to play, but I, I think it's trending in the right directions for him. Okay. Uh, so those are the questionable guys. And then, of course, the other move that happened three hours ago. Max Williams got let go by yeah. the Arizona Cardinals. Yep. And I think a lot of that had to do with him just not being healthy. We had Steve Kime on the show a little bit earlier. You know, you got McBride playing well, and you've got Ertz, so you've got two guys. But just his inability to just really get healthy and help them. Um, now, I don't know that they, based on our conversation with Steve Kime, 
didn't seem like uh, they would be against having him back at some point, but they just not going to wait it out with a roster spot while he gets healthy. They'll check back with him down the road and see if he's okay. Honestly, that's probably the number one takeaway of our conversation with Steve. I, I got the impression that door to bring him back is wide open. Yes. It's yep. wide open to bring him back. Like this, it, it feels shocking because it's Max Williams and everything he went through last year. I didn't get the impression from our conversation with Steve that it was permanent at all. Not no. one bit. Just right now, we need, you know, we're banged up in a lot of areas and I've got two tight ends. I'm fine. We'll, we'll, we'll take that roster spot. We'll give it to somebody else and then we'll reevaluate down the road if you get healthy. Let me play the soundbite from Kime real quick. Yeah, I mean, we'd like to keep him around for sure. And, you know, you have that ability potentially with the practice squad and some other opportunities. But he, um, you know, again, he, he's such a quality human being. I can't say enough good things about him. Yeah, I, I, yeah. that's, that's, the, I was left with that impression too. No doubt about it. And that's your injury report for the Arizona Cardinals. The offensive line, of course, the major. Oh, and one more. Antoine Wesley, uh, re-injured himself at some point this week. And it doesn't sound great. I have not got good feedback on it. We'll see what happens with him, but I am not. I'd be a little concerned that this may not be, this may be something that, that, that keeps him down for a little bit. When we come back, the Chronicles of Reddick. Hassan, that is. It's the second time that he's back as an opposing member on a football field. How's that going to go for the Cardinals on Sunday? We'll talk about next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Last year, Hassan Reddick came in here as a member of the Carolina Panthers, and and that game, if you remember, if you're a Cardinals fan, was a disaster for Arizona. Colt McCoy, I think it was the second game that he was starting for Kyler, and it was 17-0 in the blink of an eye, and he had thrown an interception, he had a fumble. Before you knew it, they were down 17-0, and they got just worked by Carolina last year, and Hassan Reddick was right in the middle of it. His first game against his former team, he had a sack and a half, he was huge. He's back now as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, as a member of one of the best defenses in the National Football League. He's playing at a very, very high level. He looks like a great investment by the Eagles this offseason, and he's already on record of talking about how important it is, how much it means to him to go against the team that drafted him and kind of let him walk when it was all said and done. Yeah, I, I got uh, I, I got a big kick. There's a lot of stories about Hassan Reddick, right? Coming back to Arizona is where he was drafted, first-round pick, and it, it didn't work out. And I think it's more on the Cardinals than it is on him. He's proven himself over two teams now to be a good football player, and the Cardinals just missed on being able to find a spot for him and didn't really know how to utilize him and use him the right way. But I got a kick out of this. I really did. Chandler Jones goes down, goes on injured reserve. There's a Monday night football this game. 2020. This is back 2020. 2020. Yeah, 2020. 2020. Reddick's here. Jones gets injured. Reddick goes uh, goes to the coaching staff and basically begs, you know, for him to be, you know, be a, the starting outside linebacker. He finishes with two sacks that night. And from that weekend through the end of the year, nobody in the NFL had more sacks than him. He had ten and a half sacks. You know, and, and and he then turns that into a good year with Carolina with 11 sacks. And then he turns that into a $45 million contract with the Eagles. Look, this is pretty simple. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. Arizona blew it. The Cardinals <laughs> coaching staff blew it. Amen to that. They drafted the right guy. They drafted the right guy. 
They didn't. They didn't know how to. The coaching staff didn't know how to use him when they got him. Yeah, but they drafted the right guy, but asked him to do the wrong thing. I mean, they they never drafted Hassan Reddick with the intention of having him be an outside edge rusher. They drafted him with the intention of being an inside linebacker. That was. I mean, if it sounds if it sounds familiar, I mean that that's been kind of this idea of we're going to draft him to do this, we're going to draft him to do that. It, it's now, is it on the coaches for needing to adapt quicker? Oh yeah, you bet it is. Sure. They got but, Big investment in that guy, but, but let's let's not present this as the idea like Steve Kime drafted Hassan Reddick and he wanted Hassan to be an edge rusher and the coaches wanted him to be an inside linebacker and that's the reason why they wasted three years. He was drafted to be an inside linebacker for the Cardinals because the fear was he wasn't big enough to be an edge rusher in this defense, so they wasted three years of his career trying to make him something he was not. I know, but I do think that that is that's on the Cardinals coaching staff, man. You've got that's your job evaluate talent. Hey, he doesn't fit good here. He doesn't. Somebody pointed out in a tweet earlier. Hey, did Nick Cardinals do this with Leonard Davis? Yes. Yeah, they did. They did with Leonard Davis. They, they, they tried to ago. force him to be a tackle when he was really a guard. Yeah. And then they said, okay, we give up on you. He goes to the Cowboys and he's a great guard for the Cowboys. Yes. It's like, you know, you do have to figure it out, man. If a guy, you know, if a guy's not working out at one position and there's a chance he could be better somewhere else, then by all means, go do that. Put him somewhere else and try to get the most out of him. I mean, they wasted four years. 17, 18, 19, and 20 with Hassan Reddick. They paid him a lot of money. Paid him a lot of money, millions and millions of dollars, and then they let him walk, and now he's, he's reaping the benefits with the Panthers and now the Eagles. I think what was funny to me about the story, and it was a write-up in The Athletic, on The Athletic website, what was funny to me is, is Hassan Reddick kind of had this almost like personal come-to-Jesus kind of moment where you know halfway through this 2020 season, he goes, and you mentioned, he asked the coaches, hey, play me at the edge, play me at the edge. I got And almost like he knew my career's done if I don't succeed in this spot. I'll be a special teams I'll be, player. I'll be out of this league or a special teams guy if I can't show this league I can do something. Please put me at outside linebacker, at edge linebacker so I can rush the pasture and show that I've got some worth in this league. And, and, and you look at how successful it's been for me. And look, this is about past mistakes mm-hmm. for the Cardinals. But for me, and I think you feel the same way, this is just as much, if not more, about avoiding those past mistakes in evaluating your roster now. Specifically talking about Isaiah Simmons. You can't do this with Isaiah the way you did it with Hassan. You can't. You can't make that mistake Can I go again. back to past mistakes for a Please second? Please do. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hindsight being twenty twenty. Shouldn't they have passed on J.J. Watt and just gave a franchise tag to Hassan Reddick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but what we talked about that a lot that offseason. And what was the rub on Hassan Reddick? Is he Jordan Phillips? Is he, who is Hassan Reddick? Is he the guy he was in the first three years of his career or the guy he was for the last yeah, eight that, games okay, of his they, last season? They get, paid a lot, they get paid a lot of money to figure that stuff out. That's your job. I, I understand. Okay, but me and you but it's so easy and, to say that now, two years later. It's so easy to say that in hindsight that it was in the moment. In the moment, neither one of us were pounding the table demanding the Cardinals re-sign Hassan Reddick. We didn't know what they had. had five sacks against the Giants. You you're, doing the and a half. you're doing the hindsight yeah, but thing. I, I can do that. Like I don't sit here and evaluate. Like, they needed to evaluate him over over those 12 and a half sacks and saying, hey, you know what? He might be really good. I know, but I think it's only fair for anybody to criticize them if in the moment you said, hey, guys, you have to keep us on Reddick. You need to franchise tag us on Reddick. I understand Reddick. what you're saying, but again, you know, me, they that's their job. Like, they don't you think they should have realized over the course of that. Now, again, you went out and you got J.J. Watt. You spent the money you spent on J.J. Watt. You could have had Hassan Reddick for the same money. 
Franchise tag would have been similar, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a similar, you know, wouldn't maybe a little bit difference. I'd have to check what the franchise sure, tag number sure. was. It probably, I don't know. I don't know how much it would have been. No, but then you have him for one year, and then who knows what happens. You're going to get a deal done with him, and or you're going to, because now, you know, he signed three years and 45 million you would have had to give him a, you would have had to give him a deal similar to that yeah you would have and 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 so far the way he's played look I get what you're saying and, and anytime mistakes like this I mean you don't well, you don't think the the Diamondbacks are are hindsighting their decision to trade Paul Goldschmidt you, you know you watching Max Scherzer tonight you kind of wonder what if would have happened there I mean there's uh, the Diamondbacks probably have it worse than anybody but huh. but I, I think <laughs> don't you think I don't know if any mm. team has more woulda, coulda, shouldas in their bank than the Arizona Diamondbacks do. I mean, Gene Segura, two-run single today. Max Scherzer starting tonight. Paul Goldschmidt starting for the Cardinals today. We can do this all day, right? I mean, former Diamondbacks everywhere. And I think the biggies with them would be Scherzer, Goldie, choosing to give the money to Mad Bum, choosing to give the money to They did let Patrick Corbin go. They didn't? Did let they AJ did. Pollock go. Yep, and turned both into of those worked out well. And that turned into Dre Jameson. Yeah, uh, did it? I think it was Dre Jameson they got for Pollock with the pick. I didn't know that. I'll take your word for it. I didn't know. I, I honestly, I didn't I, know that. I'd have to double to check truth. and look it up. But I think that the they, the guy days. that they, the pick that they got for AJ Pollock, I think they used that for Dre Jameson. But fast forwarding to the future now. Yeah. Isaiah Simmons. All right. You, okay. you can't waste any more time figuring out who Isaiah Simmons is. Because what you, what's going to happen is... You're going to be in the same spot. You're going to be in the same spot. You're going to get to the like end of the year. There. Yeah, I don't like it. You're going to get to the end of the year and go, do we pick up his fifth-year option or not? If we don't, he could walk a year from now. But if we do and he's not worth it, now we're stuck paying him. Blah, 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 blah. You're the, you, you've you got to quickly identify Isaiah Simmons' strength and put him in that spot. What that is, I don't know. But Vance Joseph and this coaching staff better figure it out. You have a, you, you have to make a decision today. For you picking up the fifth year option or not? Do you do it? Um, right now, today, based off of the evidence I have in front of me, no, I would not pick it up. I would okay. not. Based off, are of, you somewhat worried that yeah. he's going to figure it uh, out and you're not going to pick it up and you're going to lose him and he's going to go blossom somewhere else? Of course, scared to death. Yeah, but. At the cost of a fifth-year option for a player who might not be any good in his fifth year. Right now, again, I can only answer the question right now. Right now, I wouldn't do it. You do buy yourself another year. You do? He's an extremely talented kid who needed to be goaded to practice harder so he could play going into his third year. Good thing you don't have to make a decision today. It is. It is. And good thing you've got the rest of the season to, again, very quickly identify what it is that he's good at. And ask him to go do it every single week. Please. Otherwise, oh, it's just otherwise it's a Son Reddick part two. Coming up on the Burns and Gambo show, all eyes were on the Suns today as they were back on the practice floor, finding out about the cams. Are they healthy? Are they hurt? What's the latest with the Suns and their injured players? We'll talk about it next on Burns and Gambo. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo, presented by Seventy Two Sold. Get your price. Ninety eight seven FM, Arizona's sport. Station. All right, two football-themed questions that we're going to circle back to here as we update our Twitter poll question of the day. Let's do it right now with Eric. Burns and Gambo need-to-know Twitter poll update. Presented by Sanderson Ford. What you got for us, Rubes? Let's get the classic out of the way first. As always, a lot is defined by 14-plus points. It's a two-touchdown game. This Sunday, the Cardinals host the 4-0 Eagles at State Farm Stadium. Who's winning and by how much? 
Eagles by a lot. Yeah, I'm going to go Eagles by a lot, too. I'm going to go Eagles by a I, lot. I got a bad feeling about this weekend. Yeah, this one running away with it about 20% over the next highest vote. 46.5% is Eagles by a lot. In second place, 27.3% is Cardinals by a little. 19.6% say Eagles by a little. 6.5% say Cards by a lot. So you're looking at about 67% of people going for the Eagles. The Eagles either one. by a lot or a little. All right, what percentage of State Farm Stadium is going to be Eagles fans? Uh, 40. Oh, my God. 40. Seriously, how does that happen? <laughs> because, because, how does that happen? Unfortunately, it happens a lot. Um, 40%? I, 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 think, I think roughly 40%. Uh, All right, you know what? All right. I mean, I always said we don't have enough green in this state. I'll downshift, I'll downshift to 35 a, a third, roughly a third. Oh, thank you. Well, it's like, oh, it's not, all right, not it much of it is. is, but it's it's because forty percent, a third, right. a third, a third of the stadium will be wearing some shade of green. Well, I this think. actually plays into our next question, which this Cardinals game is meant to maybe answer a lot of questions surrounding the team. The two big ones is why aren't they winning games at home, and why are they starting games so slow? Now, this seems like kind of a trick question, but I've got a hypothetical for you afterwards. Which one of those would you like to see them shake the most? The home losing streak or the slow starts? The home losing streak. Yeah, you got to win the win, game. Win the game. Okay. I know I know they could have a they could have a fast start and lose. So they could have a fast start and lose. You're saying they can win. I'll take the win. I don't care if they, I don't care if they don't score any points in the first half as long as they win the game. What's the trick? That's What's the uh, it, it's it's the smart one. Sixty two point six percent of people agreeing with you guys. But here are two scenarios. What if the Cardinals start fast and they lose a close one, field goal at the buzzer by the Eagles, or they start slow but the Eagles are really bad as well. It's more on the Eagles. They win seven to six. Is I, that not concerning? I, I well, I mean, it's concerning. But again, but you're, you get a win. You're asking me to. Choose which monkey is the most important one to get rid of. And it's it, the home. It's been three hundred and fifty oh. days since they've won a game in their own building. I saw that stat today. I think it was Chuck Harris on Twitter who pointed out three hundred and fifty days. I I don't care if you if you go backwards in the first half. Really, don't win win the game and get rid of that home losing. Two ways to judge this team too: how they play without DeAndre Hopkins and how they play after DeAndre Hopkins. I don't care as much. Much about how they play without him. When he gets back, we'll have more of an indication of how this team is. All right, let's uh, transition. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate the uh, poll questions as always. You can vote on them. The Burns and Gambo Twitter page. I just did. Oh, did you, on, voted. you voted on that? I voted on that. Yeah, boy. Voted, retweeted, yep. Monty Williams today. Suns are back on the practice floor after beating the Lakers in the preseason game on Wednesday, but losing both of their cams to finger injuries. Cam Johnson with the thumb, campaign with the finger. Here's what Monty said today. I read hoops hype. That's what I read. I, the other day, I, it was just like a litany of small injuries that guys have. I was grateful that it wasn't worse. When it happened in the game, it was like, pop, pop. and I was like, hey, um, I'm just grateful there weren't any breaks. Um, I'm glad the report came back the way that it did. And I just, it's part of the NBA season, you know. If you play as hard as we do and you put your hands in there, you, you're going to get bumps and bruises from time to time. So, again, I'm grateful it wasn't worse. 
apparently they're going to be out for the rest of the preseason. They'll both be reevaluated uh, in a week. Suns yeah. have two more preseason games yeah, left, Monday, and then they're Wednesday. done. Yeah. Monday, Monday at Denver, and then they play Wednesday against Sacramento. And then the 19th, we'll be there for that. I believe me and you are going to be there. Oh, yeah. That is the opener against Luka and the Mavs. So that is that's 12 days from now. So, you, you, I mean, I'm sure they're very hopeful, hopeful that they'll get both of those guys back. Yeah, I would think so. Um, and still no Jay Crowder trade. Still, I was just going to bring that up. Here we go. Still no Jay Crowder trade. You sent me a story today suggesting what Milwaukee and Miami, Milwaukee, and Miami. Miami, Milwaukee have their yeah. eyes on Jay Crowder. Yeah, that according to um, ProBasketballTalk.com. So how long has it been since Jay and the Suns decided that he wasn't going to show up to camp? Uh, two, we have two weeks now. Two weeks Monday. On Monday, it'll be two weeks. This oh, well, Monday. Sunday, it'll be two weeks. Yeah. Sunday, it'll be two weeks. Sunday, it'll be they two decided because Monday was trained. It was the media day, and he wasn't there. Yep. Two weeks, there's no trade. Like, again, the longer this plays out, can you at least ask the question? Are they going to be able to figure out a way to make this work where he stays? Well, I don't want to get into all the predictions, but our friends over at Brightside, you saw that list of predictions. Long that, list. Uh, that Dave King made his predictions for the season. One of them that caught my attention was it his prediction that Jay Crowder will be on this roster? You know, at the when, start we, of the when we brought it up, that a he'll week be ago, playing on this roster at the start of the season. Spec- I think someone would have to give for that to happen, which yes. would mean I think you would have to get him get him a contract extension. He doesn't want to, you know, something to do to make him happy. I, Marcus Golden wasn't playing in any of the Cardinals games, and all of a sudden he's playing. Why we got a new deal? We got a new deal. I mean, it may take some kind of new deal to get Jay Crowder to play for the Suns, but in the meantime, like you just. You just want, like, I look at the Milwaukee roster, I'm like, I don't know what they have. I look at the Miami roster, like, I just, I don't know that there's a really, I think you can make a good trade with Cleveland, but I'm not sure that you can make a good trade with Miami and Milwaukee, but it's, if they haven't made a trade by now, you start to question, like, why? Like, what, what, what gives? Is nobody offering you what you need? That's probably what it is, I would think. But what's the purpose of holding on to them? I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna hold on to you until somebody makes me a good trade. I'll trade you in December. Like, what is the, what's the deal here? Yeah, and what's the purpose of not playing him? Hurts um, you not having uh, a guy. Absolutely. And if you're holding out for just the right specific deal, I mean, look, the whole league knows the Suns have to trade him, right? Or they're painted in this corner. So I would imagine you're not getting everybody's best offer right now because of this position you've been put in. But by the same token, and on the flip side of that coin, I would think there'd be a whole bunch of playoff contending teams that would want a Jay Crowder type on their roster. He he does a lot. He checks a lot of boxes. He I does. mean, to the point where I don't want him to go. I don't, Jay, I don't want you to leave. <laughs> let's have another pool party at the casino. <laughs> right? Let's, let's bring in the DJs. Let's spin they the love, ones and the twos. You. And let's do it. Let's have a pool party. Let's go. They love you, Jay. I don't want you to leave. I, I This team is better with you on it. And I, I, I don't want to give anybody false hope because I don't know anything and neither do you. But I hope, I hope something can be worked out where he stays. And if that means giving him a contract extension, give him a contract extension. Because they're better with him than they are without him. Yeah. They are. I just, I think at this point, part of the reason why he hasn't been traded is because the Suns are looking at what they could get for him and go, that's not good enough. 
that's not good. Now, at some point, you got to do it. If he's not going to play for you, at some point, you got to say, you know what? I know it's not good enough, but screw it. It's the best we can do. Let's let's make the deal. But if you've even got a sliver of hope in being able to bring him back, you're better with him than you are without him. There's a lot of metrics that kind of back that up. I would say the I can't find it, but I said the story earlier this week just about, man, just defensively, like when he's on the court, how much better you are, just how much better you are defensively, you know, when he's out there. And that's the thing I worry about. I think you can find offensive production. Like, I think that you could find guys that can that can help. Here's here's just some of the stuff right now that I, w- I was looking at. Um Crowder nailed over 40% of his corner, th- corner threes the last two seasons. So he was a 35% three-point shooter last season. He'd be, and he, he say, he'd be a seamless fit defensively. This was in Cleveland. He's proven over his career to be a good defender within a strong defensive scheme. And it talks about uh, the Suns allowed 3.5 fewer points per 100 possessions. And opponents had a 2.8% worse effective field goal percentage with Crowder on the floor last year. Like those numbers, like, you know, for basketball people, those numbers matter. He's on the court, 3.5 fewer points per 100, 2.8% worse field goal percentage. He's a good defensive player. I don't know that you can make a trade and get somebody that could give you back the defense he gives you. The offense? Yeah, come on. Let's be honest. He's a streaky shooter. Sure. I mean, that's why Cam Johnson's starting. Of course. He's Cam Johnson's starting because he's a more reliable shooter than Jay Crowder is. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe on your iPhone or your Android and you'll never miss our show. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. If you didn't watch Thursday Night Football last night, congratulations. Oh, good for you. Because it was awful. That's next. Burns and Gambo. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Let's go! Presented by 72 Souls. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. I'm not sure what about last night's Thursday night game on Amazon Prime was the better part. Was it Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet, like, openly trashing the product during the broadcast? Well, the fans for leaving? Yeah, I, I mean, just, like, set that game on fire last night for how bad it was. They're leaving. The Broncos fans are family. They've had enough. It's 9-9. They're like, the heck with it. I'm out. Yep. I'm out of here. It was shocking to see. I mean, I, it was shocking, but it wasn't. I mean, it was such a terrible game. But to see Bronco fans leaving before the overtime started during a 9-9 game, just leaving. Eh, forget it. Right. <laughs> get, get me out. I, I can't watch another minute of this. Or was it Richard Sherman after the game oh. yelling at Russell Wilson? Hand the ball off. For not running the football on fourth and one. On the final play, you got to run the ball again. Like, I, I mean, I wish I had Marshawn up here. Like, one yard. You need one yard. Run the ball. What? What? Run the ball. And CT. He's triggered. All he has to do is run the football. Like, <laughs> necessary criticism. I'm not, you know, I've said enough criticism for him, but God dang it, run the dang ball. Like, learn well, from I, your mistakes. I don't, can somebody fill me in? What is he yeah. referring to? I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> Have you been in this situation before? Run I, the I, ball. We're just, we're just don't make a joke about me. Don't, don't mock. Don't, don't. He, he could have got another Super Bowl ring if they would have just handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch. He could have. He could have. Look, we can sit here and 
ripped that game last. It was it was unwatchable. It was horrible. It was awful. Tom Brady's right. He said it a couple days ago. The football this year has been bad. Steve Kime said it with us at three o'clock today. It's been some bad football this year. Last night that was some bad football. Yeah, somebody asked Brady why about what do you think about all these two and two teams? A lot of bad football going on yeah, right now. Just a lot of bad football. Yeah. But the number one takeaway from that game last night, it's not the future of Nathaniel Hackett. He obviously isn't going to make it to the end of the year. It's Russell Wilson. It's it's is like, it, is, it's, it's is, Wilson over Hackett. Oh, absolutely. There's a column right now in the Denver Post by, uh, what's it, Mark Kisla? Yeah. Hackett can't hack it at his, as an NFL coach. Broncos need to call Sean Payton now. That's not the question. I mean, I, he I like, says Hackett makes Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio look good. <laughs> wow. Um, I, all due respect to Mark, I don't think that's the question. Because, okay, we've seen one-and-done guys before. It happens. It happens. I mean, when you know, yeah. you know. We, we knew it here. On Thursday Night Football, when the Cardinals got humiliated against the Denver Broncos, I remember it clear as day. I remember walking out of that stadium that night thinking, Steve Wilkes is never going to make it past one year at this shop. He's just not. He's done. When the you second know, he started well, saying it wasn't him, right. it was the players, you knew he was done. When, when you know, you know. And when it comes to Nathaniel Hackett, when you know, you know. He's, he's not going to make the year. He's, he's done. He's going to so be one and Russell, done. So how did Russell Wilson go from being a top 10 quarterback to a bottom 10 quarterback? That's the question. That's the que- that's There's really no- the only thing that matters in this whole because mm. you gave up everything to get him. First round picks, second round picks, fifth round picks. You paid him a quarter of a billion dollars. Is this it? Yeah, but he fell off the face of the earth. Usually you, you expect a gradual decline with a guy. Right. Usually you expect, okay, if you're going to decline, you, but you see, you don't decline like that. And he's not. You don't go from the top to the bottom just in a blink of an eye because you switch teams. He's not that what happened? old. No, it's not. not like he got old. What's he, 33? I think he's, I'm looking it up right now. Look just to be sure. I gotta say 33. He is 33 years 33 old. 33 years old. He'll turn 34. In November, he's not an old quarterback. Is he? Is he Madison Bumgarner? Is he? The, is he the NFL version of Madison Bumgarner? It's, it's the only question that matters. It's not about the coach, and it's not about who the next coach is. The only question that matters is Russell Wilson, and is this what you're stuck he with? Can't is this who he, oh, he can't get him in the end zone. He cannot get him in the end zone. He cannot. I mean, Russell Wilson, fourth quarter magic, everything that made him great. It's gone right now, and you just wonder, okay, is it him? Is it the coach? Is it the play call? And look, there were some bad play calls. You know, there was some bad, you, know, you you could kick the field goal, go up by six, and then tell Matt Ryan, go to length of the field and score a touchdown against this defense, which is a great defense. And, 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 it, but no, instead they say, we're up three, let's throw the football. They throw the ball, it gets intercepted. Matt Ryan takes him down, they kick a field goal, they tie it, they send it to overtime. Just bad. So that's bad football. That's yeah. bad coaching. That's bad play. That's bad everything. Now, I, I'll, I'll agree that the coach does matter. And maybe Kisla made this point. If he did, I apologize. But where the coaching does matter is if, if you got to find the right coach who can make Russell Wilson be good. And it's clearly not Nathaniel Hackett. All right. It's, it's the, so, so coaching does matter in that you're going to have to try another coach to get better and more out of Russell Wilson. So I'll, I'll buy that. But, but that to me is the big question is Wilson and his future and what this means and whether he's done. There are, there are people who, who think that he's, that he's cooked. And there are people who think that Pete Kell right now and John Schneider up there in Seattle are laughing their butts off. Like they knew. Like, we knew. Like we knew when to get knew. rid of him. We knew. Like they knew he was about to fall off the yeah. face of the earth. Like oh, they that's knew great on he that was part. cooked. Two first, two seconds of fifth and three players. Yeah. And while we're at it, totally off the subject, huh? Matt Ryan looks cooked too. He looks so bad. I mean, in Indianapolis, I mean, how many years are they just going with these 
you know these these fill up rivers, rivers and, and Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, and every year I mean, it's I, just this. I get it. You got screwed when Andrew Luck retired on you a few years ago. Right. You weren't expecting it, but boy, ever since then it's just been one blah after another after another after another. How much longer are you going to do that? I don't yeah, know. no. I mean they've gone from they've gone when since Andrew Luck left. They've had Jacoby Brissett one year, then Phillip Rivers, then Carson Wentz, then Matt Ryan. Oh, I forgot about Carson Wentz. And four different quarterbacks <laughs> Wentz since Luck best. retired. I remember Wentz was going to be reunited with Frank Reich, oh, and it was going to make God. him like the Philly version of, of Carson Wentz. But th- 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 and there's another big picture topic, too, with last night's game. Okay. And Tom Brady's right. And Steve Kahn's right. There's been some really bad football this year. Try to look for the quote. I thought I, I, thought I liked the, the Brady quote. Oh, I think the, I've got it. About the... Uh, the bad football? Yeah, the bad football. I thought that was pretty interesting. Brady said there's... Uh, why Somebody asked him about the two and two teams. Well, you I know, got right here. Quote. You have it? Okay. Quote. I think there's a lot of bad football. I have football. the audio, actually. Oh, you have the audio? Play it for me, please. Do you think, for Tom, in all your years, there's even more parity now? There's a lot of teams that are two and two. I think there's a lot of bad football from what I watch. You know, <laughs> I watch a lot of bad football, a lot of... Yeah, poor quality of football. That's what I see. Of course, his answers were very short yesterday. Okay, but if he's right, why? If he's right, why is the quality of football so bad? Nobody wants to play in the preseason? Maybe. That would be one worthwhile answer. Maybe because no one's playing the preseason. Everyone's kind of quitting on it, for lack of a better way of putting it. Consistent roster turnover? Yeah. Um, Everybody's got new receivers and new running backs and every year, new coaches and... What would be the what would be the reasoning for a poor quality of football right now? Is it All right, I'm just kind of thinking on the fly here. Okay. Yeah. Is it that the coaching isn't as good as it's been in the past? I mean like you look at guys who are getting head coaching jobs now, I mean, Cliff is prime example number one. Okay, it, It's kind of debatable whether, really, that guy's a head coach in the NFL. And I don't mean just Cliff. I just mean kind of in general. You look around and some of the guys getting hired for these, like Nathaniel Hackett. You know, it, is the, is, it used to, it seemed like in the past you had to pay your dues a whole lot more if you were going to be a head coach in the NFL. You had to be a very successful college coach. You had to be a very successful long-term coordinator. And again, I'm just off the top of my head. I don't have an answer to this question. Is the coaching not? as good because coaches are being rushed to head coaching jobs faster than they have in the past, so maybe they're not as ready to be the main guy? I don't know. McVay came in, he was young, he's successful. Shanahan came in, he was young, he's successful. Yeah. I mean, there are points. Pete Carroll's old and he, and right now they they, they, could, they could win this week and go to 3-2. and two. Yeah. So, like, I, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't the, know answer. the answer. I, I don't. I'll tell you this, though. I mean, if Sean Payton decides to come back, somebody will pay him $12 million a year to come back and coach right now. God, yes. Absolutely. I will. Write your check. Hey, listen, I decided I want to come back and coach next week. You know how many teams will line up to fire their coach to sign him right uh-huh. now? Because you're right, good coaching matters. The Arizona Cardinals made a shocking move today. What went into the decision to cut Max Williams? Steve Kime told us earlier. You'll hear what he had to say next. Burns and Gambo.